cheek. Okay, I literally cannot think of an episode where there has been more anticipation built up to record. It's been like a month of edging, pious edging, that <laughs> I'm like, it is my fault as I was in Europe. And as soon as I saw the end, just like that premiere date, I said, how could they do this to me? Um, but nevertheless, I'm back and immediately by, I'm sure everyone's demand, I've brought in who I would consider probably the most pure and just like that fan. <laughs> I think that there's no, and Michael Patrick King would agree, nobody has the purity that comedian Jake Cornell has for the show. I'm so happy to be here. I can't even tell you. Listen, there's, we're, we're so backed up with things to talk about. I mean, yeah, it's, it's like, where do we even begin? I can't even Fathom. start. Yeah. Well, and, and we'll get to this more, I think, towards the end, because I feel like we should start with the earlier episodes that we haven't yes. covered yet. We both filmed separate scenes, not knowing that we were each even going to do it, whatever, to be <laughs> somehow both with non-speaking roles, mind you, in the same episode. We that were to a featured me background that was heavily featured. Heavily featured. <laughs> they did not know us. They do not know us. Uh, we'll talk about the experience of that, but like when I found out it was the same episode and we were going to record today, I was like, there is God. And, yes, it was perfect. And it's Darren Starr or whoever. Um... Okay, let's first talk about, I mean, what I've, my first impression of the show with the opening scene of the first episode is Michael Patrick King is listening. Well, <laughs> he is listening to notes he's listening. and he is taking them. Yeah, and also like we, I think we said this when we recorded in season one, shows take a time, it takes a minute to yes, make a TV show. absolutely. And it takes a minute like after it starts, like to figure out its voice to figure out what it's going to be, to figure out what it works. And to me, so far, my favorite episode of season two is episode one, I think. Yeah. And I think it's because from the jump, the minute it started, I was like, this is richer, this is fleshed out. We're watching Sex and the City. We're watching Sex and the City and there's more characters and they aren't I mean, not side... like, we're, we're watching an extension. Of, we're, I was like, we're watching Roni Legacy of Sex and the City. Because it immediately felt... The way that immediately in the first episode, LTW, Seema, and Naya felt and felt so much more integrated into the show to me than thousand they, percent than they did in season one. Thousand percent, yeah. Um, I loved seeing like like Seema at lunch with um, with Charlotte, Carrie calling Che while Che's right. in bed with Miranda. It felt like these are crisscrossing paths. All these they're women now a now, friend group. They're now a thank you. They're now a friend group. Mario Cantone is fully integrated. Yeah. It's like a. It's like an, what is that? It's a seven person friend group. Yeah. And I like it. I do too. Because they have more time with it now. It could never work in Sex and the City format. They're getting closer to Sex and the City format, which I like. And I think the more episodes that go on in the season, it gets more like that. Where it does not move as seamlessly because there is not narration. And like, I mean, we haven't even talked about the SJP um, New Yorker article. Where they talk in there about the hard decision to not and he was like it's more challenging it's about addressing confusion and I was like maybe just address the confusion <laughs> and do the voiceover I go back because and I think forth. it does make a difference I think the only time I really missed the, the voiceover was in episode 4 the one that or episode 5 the one we just watched yeah I wanted some voiceover well and like you know when there's those weird moments like in the third episode when Charlotte um jerks Harry off and he comes that to me was so fast where if 
Sex in the City, it would be a quick narration, and Charlotte got her Fourth of July fireworks, and Boom. it did it. You know what I mean? That's exactly what the lie would Otherwise, be. Otherwise, yeah, exactly. Of course, it, without that, it just looks like, okay, we had a 20-second cutaway to story E. You yeah, know what I mean? No, like, totally. there's a lot of storylines to be balancing without That being said, direction. one of my favorite storylines we've had this season was Harry not dry coming. That was one of the best Hilarious. Hilarious. I think, I would, here's what I'm going to say. That episode... Kristen Davis Emmy nomination. I thought she was fantastic. I agree. She I was agree. so. I said this she in season one, and you didn't agree with me. But mm-hmm. I wonder if you have changed. I think Kristen Di- Davis is shining on it, just like that. Oh, I she do. She makes me laugh. I love yeah. the Charlotte moments, Charlotte's plot lines. Charlotte and LTW wanted to be the top of the cougar list, like that oh, shit. I gorgeous. mean, it's just like yes. her plot lines to me make me so happy. Her character has transitioned the most comfortably, which makes sense because in a way, Charlotte has always been the one that knows herself the most in this weird way. I would agree with that, and I also think it was it first episode when she does the Samantha impression. Tell me about his dick or yeah, whatever. Okay, I was like, so... I was like, okay, she's she's here for it, and I think that like even for the actresses coming back to this. It's going to take them a minute. And, like, she went through all of that shit with the fillers and everything. Like, she seems just she more looks, comfortable. And she looks amazing. And she, she like, probably... She, I think she went through hell and back on that shit. Like, I know. Were, people, I know. It was, like, of course, it's a show... Like, when it came back, it's, like, women in their 50s. So, of course, immediately people are going to be, like, they look like... Like, whatever. And she got the brunt of it. And it was nasty. And I was, like, leave her Alone. Leave her the fuck alone. Because, first of all, that's on character. I think we talked about this last season, where it's like, women in that neighborhood look like that. Yes. That is a realistic choice. Not that she lives there, but just And, guys, her. I don't think people know this. Injectables change. Botox They fades. settle, yes. Fill- fillers soften. If they get too hard, you dissolve them. Like, she looks great. Yeah. She, she is at a perfect level right now. Not that we even need to give that to her. She knows. It's just like... It's funny how, and another whole this could be its own whole episode so jake is in an acting class and his teacher who was one of the most most endearing people i've ever met in new york i'm dead serious has been besties with michael patrick king for years and brought him in to speak to the acting class and jake invited me out of the graciousness of his heart one thing i want to say about that she explicitly said she said bring whoever she said i want you all to come i don't care who's in the room like bring friends I was one of the only people that brought a friend. Yeah. Is that not That's crazy? insane. I was like, I mean, I mean, I had six people. I, I Obviously, you're right. top of the list, so Thank there was you. no question. Yeah. Yeah. But I was like, is it bad if I bring five people? And now, seeing that no one else brought anyone, I wish I'd brought, I wish I'd brought three more people. Totally, But totally. It, the fact that it was you and me, and it just to paint the picture, It was one of the most guys, special things that has ever happened. It's had. one of the best days in New York we'll ever have. We ran. We essentially clasped hands and ran from the studio to a bar to drink martinis and just like scream unpack it but just to paint the picture of it because it will i'll never forget this as long as i live we're like wanting to be cool we're wanting to be first of all i tried to wear a chill outfit which i failed i'm like she comes in looking like carrie like she's i didn't even mean to i was like chill it down because i had on a different outfit i was like let me put on the more subdued version and then i was like i was on the train i was like you're an idiot but whatever. I thought there would be a, a lot of girls that looked like me there. No. No, it's all Broadway girls. It was girls. all actors. It was all Broadway girls and like it, who are super sweet, but like, no. It was, you were standing out in a, a perfect, beautiful way. He was like this But asshole. so we fled into the room and they're setting up chairs and stuff. And I'm like, let's hang at the back. Let's yes. be chill. Because yes. we're going to be observing. We're yeah. going to be gagging and observing. So we, I'm like, there's not enough chairs for everyone that's there. So some people are going to have to stand in the back. 
So everyone us. sets up the chairs, and then we stand in the back. And then my acting teacher goes, you two look so sad sitting back there. Come sit in the front. And we're not going <laughs> to fight. So then I'm like, okay. So then it's 40 people sitting in chairs, and then dead in front of Michael Patrick King. Crisscross applesauce. Me and Melissa on sitting. Crisscross applesauce <laughs> on the floor. It was insane. Literally, like, hands under my chin, like, daddy. Like, Every time he said something, we were, grab, we're like, grabbing oh, each other's legs, hands. like, grabbing yes. each other's arms, like... It was having He's he like said, in the front here. Like, he said he changed my life in that day. 1,000%. He said things that I will like take to my grave. Same. And I bring it up to connect this in his warmth and vulnerability that is so shining through. And the moment where he said something like, well, it still hurts your feelings. Even now, even at this he goes, level. I'm at, he goes, I'm at I'm the, at the top. top. And it and still, it still hurts, hurts. I was like, damn, he and then cares I'm, so of, much. Of course, flashing back to my ruthless Gawker article that I wrote, uh, insulting the show. I was like, damn. It's just really crazy. And so that's what I mean to say when, like, Kristen Davis hears these they things. They hear it. And it's just hard. It's hard no matter what. And, it, you know, in the New Yorker article, they talk about how they wrote this during COVID. And it really, that put the first season really into perspective for me because all that was talking about you know, in that moment was race, gender, whatever. So they were like, well, we have to address this and only this. And like, I get it. So it softened that for me. I think also the one thing that really stood out for me among a million other things was that Michael Patrick King was like trying to be an actor, trying to be a comedian, doing all these things. He started off the talk by going, I need you all to know that I was 38 years old and could not pay pay my my rent. rent. That's exactly where I was going. Sorry to cut you off, but it was just like that. When he said that, it set the tone for the hour so clearly. Where there was no, like, I'm better than you. He's like, I'm up here. And I want to, he said to a room full of actors, I want to hire you. We're getting all of the bullshit out of the way. All of the, you know, the casting and whatever. Like, I want to hire you. Let's figure out how to do it. Like, it was just like the most welcoming, warm thing. And I think his warmth is honestly like, (laughs) I hate to say this, but like one of the disservices to the show almost like I don't know if Darren Starr was the cuntier one but I think that sometimes like his work now I'm just watching it through the lens of absolute him and I see it so sometimes like drippy and sincere and whatever but that's what makes it beautiful at the same time a hundred percent it's crazy um I also haven't told you I started reading Sex in the City by Candace Bushnell and how's that going Fabulously. Oh my god. So it's pretty word for word pilot wise. Whoa. The pilot is direct quotes from the book, and the girls are rough. They are rough around the edges, which makes it so fun. And you see, like, what they pulled for what episodes. My favorite part that I've read so far is, like, when they go to Connecticut for someone's, like, bridal shower, and they do it and whatever, and, like, Carrie's super hungover on the train, and, like, Everyone's just like a little more messy than they do than they are in the show. But the best part was it continues when they're like, and then when you go back to the city, everyone has lost their goddamn mind because it's like puts you in this weird perspective of like, am I going to do this? Like whatever. So Miranda goes and like fucks a guy in the bathroom at the party. The kind of Charlotte girl who's married starts a fight with her husband and then goes, doesn't fuck a football player, like an NFL wide receiver that she meets and then checks into the Carlisle. No one can find her for two days. Carrie goes out with Samantha, who's kind of her frenemy in the book. There's a line that's like, 
Samantha and Carrie would one day fuck the same man at the same time, but that night was not tonight. Or, like, something like that. Like, it's crazy. Oh, my God. So they go to a strip club with the modelizer character, who's, like, that artist who yeah, always yeah, fucks yeah, models yeah. with videotapes. And he's kind of a major character. Not major character, but he's in the book a lot. And they go to a strip club, and Carrie's in the bathroom just, like, having this meltdown. Like, am I going to do it? Am I going to get married and move to the country? And she goes, I'm not ready. She leaves the bathroom, gets on the stage, and takes her clothes off. Oh and she looks God. at Samantha, she's like, Samantha was laughing, but by the time I, or by the time she finished, it's not always I, she switches between Carrie and I, she goes, by the time she finished, Samantha wasn't laughing anymore. Oh my God. And then Big calls her the next day, like, were you dancing? Or she's like, someone saw you there. And she's like, yeah. So I'm it's just obsessed. crazy. It's crazy. So that is to say that I think when that original text ran out, that is the character that we have now. And that is one thing that has bothered me a bit about Carrie this season is I think that it's gone a little extra with the Prudish prude. Ass. And but the- there was one part, there was one part where she was like, I don't want to hear this. And I was like, she literally just said, I don't need to see that. Like, <laughs> like I know, literally. Kind of interesting. She has become a prude a bit, but it's like, it, it works and it, it's interesting because it, I mean, she was married for what, 20 years. Right, right. And in a way it's funny because it's like, it's like divorcing it from whatever, like the truth of the character was in the book. It's like, Carrie was always writing about sex and was like very sex positive, but it was right. always in the pursuit of like monogamous love. Yes. Like that has always been what she's been after. And so right. it makes sense that once she has gotten that, it would be, and I do think she does play an interesting, like SJP does this beautiful job, I think of making it that she is like prudish, but it does always read as coming with her own uncomfortability rather than judging other people for their actions. Like it never seems like she judges others for it. And I do love, I don't know, like let's talk. I know we're jumping around all episodes right now, but one of the greatest moments of my entire life, the jizz conversation at Rosemary's, the restaurant I worked at for four years. Yes. Where they're all talking about jizz. Oh yes. Heaven. Yeah. And where, where Carrie says, Jizz is like, what does she compare it to? Where she says, the. Where she's like, I'd miss it if it wasn't there. There, yeah. Oh, it's what so was it? Good. Fuck. It was so good. An old friend, like an annoying friend or something. Something like, something that. like that. Yeah, like an annoying friend. Like, Sorry, listeners. There's too much to unpack. It's a, truly like she brings it out when she needs to, is yeah. how I think. But like the I can't say vagina type of thing, like I get it. That was kind of a funny gag. Also, the podcast producer in the wheelchair. She kills it. Eight. Eight. Like, when that was now, I think, probably her last scene. And she Well, she's... I don't know. One thing that this show knows to do is bring back well-received characters. So, I don't think we've seen the last of her. You're right. Bitsy Von Muffling is, like, in the show now. She's a major fucking character now. I do, too. I love it. I really do. It's really fun. But, like, the thing is... And they talk about this in the New Yorker article. Where it's, like... Candace Bushnell is like, well, yeah, she's never been single, Sarah Jessica Parker. She's never, she went from Robert Downey Jr., maybe a yeah. year, to Matthew Broderick and got married. It's, and she was mommy to Robert Downey Jr. through the worst of his drug addiction uh, yeah. for eight years. Yeah, that's so, so like, true. She's really, she does not relate personally to this character at all. She is obviously a good enough actress to approach a character different from herself. So there's no issue there. But it's, it's just funny how. I don't know how like she seems in her producer role as well kind of unwilling to let go of that and I think the other characters are balancing it out enough 
Miranda's putting on a strap on. And she's so fine. almost having a threesome. Miranda has been really carrying the physical comedy in a way that I'm excited to see. Her getting out of the sensory deprivation pod. I was oh like, we're back, God. baby. We're back, Perfect. baby. Perfect. Yeah, I think, like, it's been super fun. I've, I've been enjoying it every week. Um, I, like... Steve looked so hot. Yeah, yeah. I know. We've unfortunate. Always said, I, not unfortunate to me. I've always been a Steve head. He's my I'm number not. one. And he is so hot. It's insane. I think it's also the kind of thing where it's like, I think that there's, they're also proving a little bit at times that there are things that we were mad that they didn't address in season one, where it's like, not everything gets addressed immediately. Like, Miranda blowing right. up her life and the fall from that is happening now with right. Brady being like, of course. fuck you. And it's like, oh yeah, that is and how not that happens. Out. Like, yeah. Not everything happens in an instant. Well, I think that's what I mean when I say he's listening and he's listening to critiques because it came back so hard with like, we're having sex, we're going to parties, we're going out, we're whatever. So like, I think that he does hear the criticism and want that. And yeah, I think they did probably need to ramp up to that. And I think they were probably nervous with like offending people, which is the real drawback to like a female led show where you're like, you can be hated for nothing. So when you are taking a stand and like making women in their fifties and sixties sexual, like you, they're like, could be you know, traumatizing people, you know, it, which is so stupid. But I think they were really scared about that. And then when people wanted more, it kind of gave them the green light to 100%. go for it, which you're exactly right. Takes time. I thought, yeah, I'm just, I've been having a blast. I think that this most recent episode five, the one that you and I are both in, <laughs> Yes, we'll do it. Was the on that. more interest, like this one was the first one where I was like, the flow of it felt a little off. I don't know what it was. Yeah. There were just these awkward moments where I was like, I feel like the rhythm of the, like the music of the comedy is a little off. That guy, Peter Herman, who, the one she had on the, that she crashed the bike, married yeah. to Mariska Hargitay in real life. Okay, did not know that. He is so hot to me. Well, it's do you insane. know what else he was in? What? Sex and the City. Wait, who was he in this? Sex and the okay, City? Okay, when Charlotte breaks up with Harry, yet she has already become Jewish, so she's going to the singles mixer. She's like, I guess oh I should marry God. you. He goes to Yale. His name's Daniel, I believe. He's like, I go to Yale and whatever. And she's just like, mm, whatever, Yale. And, you know, the voiceover is like, the problem wasn't Yale. The problem was he wasn't Harry or something like that. I just watched it. But then he goes, she's like, I'm sorry. I'm just not in a place to date. And he's like, okay, do you want to go back to my apartment and have sex? And she's like, no. And he's like, okay. And just leaves. That's so funny. So funny and such a great role. And he's just so leading man handsome he's so leading man handsome it's insane and like if to me it was an important episode obviously because it's like okay carrie's down to clown now yeah, and like that, I love. that is re- really fun and when she's sitting alone at the bar and she's like good time for wordle like that's fun like oh 100 it's still pie in the i face. also need to caveat i was really hungover when i watched it because i'd had a big night out the night before so i need to rewatch and that's it fair. because sometimes that happens yeah um it was um what was the thing what was i gonna say I need them to dive a little bit. I'm craving more of Naya's plotline because it's just constantly, I see her getting hit on by the hottest men I've ever seen in my life well, and then we're not moving forward. I'm like, did you fuck that guy or not? Yeah, like, I need to I see I want to see you leaving. I'm going to see the walk of shame. And this is, I was texting you about this. Also, I should give caveat of when I've been watching these episodes because I went to Glastonbury Festival. I watched the first episode on a bus to there. I can right. only watch it on my phone because of like VPN bullshit. 
then I'm watching the other episodes in my tent camping at a festival. Like to release in June, to me, there could not be worse timing. Like I get it that shit takes a while. Like I don't know when you filmed your scene, but I thought mine was one of the last scenes they were filming, and that was in you filmed, November, no, you filmed December, way and then yeah, you filmed yours was way before me. So I filmed like, in, like I think January or February. It's crazy, and obviously you don't want to like hold off to the fall, I guess, if it's ready. So I don't know, but I was just like, this is kind of a crazy time to like release things when everyone's traveling. I feel like the discourse isn't as loud now. A because it's not as bad. Maybe that's the strategy. Maybe that's a good point. Like because that's a great point. I'm sure it's still getting the. Uh, the I'm, everyone's are, fucking watching yes, it, but now course. two people are too busy talk, to talk about it, and maybe that's what they that's wanted. That's a great point. Because like people are gonna watch this show, and like Literally, this is the, the thing, and it's me. also I also think it's becoming. I think that like something. I think part of why like you referenced earlier, me being like the purest fan there is. Part of why I stand it so hard and why I'm so defensive of it is because, and it was when it first came out. I saw people chomping at the bit right. to hate it. Of course. And when the first, and it, and it, in a way where I was like, I was like, I'm not saying that you have to unanimously like it, but I'm not going to respect, I'm not going to put that much water into your review or your critique when I see that before anything dropped, yep. you were ready to hate it because that's indicative well, that's of bias bullshit. and whatever. And I think there was so much of that. Yeah. And when the first episode of season two dropped and there were some people, like some people I know who immediately went back to justice is washable or whatever. Like, and I was like, okay, you're first of all, wrong. it's not justice is unwatchable. Right. Well, There's I, no, also here's the thing. If it wasn't, if it was unwatchable, you wouldn't be watching, watching it. it. And exactly. guess what, bitch you are. Yeah. And this one is pissing me off. This is the thing, a podcast I listen to that talk about and just like who weekly fantastic podcast. Bobby Finger said something on it that I have been sending to everyone where he says, the truth of it just like that is that I am excited to ever watch it every single week it comes out. And then after I watch it, I'm excited to talk about it. And I think, yes. it, and then he said, and he said, and I think in reality, those are the only two metrics of a television show that mm. matter. And I think that oh. is profoundly Beautiful. true. Beautiful. And it's like, and I say that to every single person who tries to go at me about it. I'm like, do you watch it every week? Are you excited to watch it when yeah. it comes out? And yeah. like, yeah. And I'm like, are you missing you episodes? Are you missing episodes easily? No. Yeah. Because guess how many shows we've all been excited to watch, and then two episodes, and you're like, I can't watch this. It's happened to me a million times. Absolutely. That has. If that is your reaction, and just like that, great. But it's not. It's probably so not playing. Yeah. Like exactly. you're like, it's. I don't know. It drives me nuts. It's a different. Um, it's a different vehicle this season. Hundred mm-hmm. percent. I don't think that the people who were on board to hate watch it are getting the same enjoyment out of it because now it's like a contending good show. So, fine, like, see your way out or whatever. There's more than enough people to watch it, you know, as a good show. There's still the hilarious cringiness, Che Pasa, being the title of their TV show. Yeah, I love it, too. I think it's hilarious. I don't think they thought that that was, like, an innovative, cool name when they named it. I think it's supposed to be funny. It's a comedy. You know, that's really the line that they straddle, isn't it? Did they mean for this to be cringe? Did they name this sincerely? Or did they name it as a joke? I don't think there's... I'm sorry. There's no world where Che Pasa is not a joke. It's... I know that you're right. I know that you're right. But sometimes I, like... I would kill and will at some point get... Because there's, like... The Che Pasa logo was shown. I need a Che Pasa shirt. I need a Che Pasa shirt. While we're on Che, their meltdown in the most recent episode, to me, was one of, like, the realest moments on... Uh, maybe just because it is like comedian based, but I feel like that was a really, really good peek into the television world, into the industry that we're both in, the insecurities of comedians, 
the and that your dream can come true and then, and then it can end up worse than it was before the bushwick queer calling them out like that is and so painful saying, and so real and saying everything that has been the criticism of, of the it was so meta was so meta in and a really amazing smart way. that was i think the most genius on both seasons the most genius scene of it because it also you know it affects miranda it's how am I going to keep the apartment in Hudson Yards? Like all of these little, I don't know. I thought it was just really, really brilliant for a character that has taken a beating. It also, I don't know, there was something. So it showed like, like it did a good, the shot in the most recent episode of Miranda walking to that Hudson Yards, 34th Street Hudson Yards subway station, the seventh station at like five in the morning and then getting on it. I was like, they really captured the bleakness of that area. Like, this was <laughs> yeah. really smart. Like, it was really well done. Like, because you see those windows and you're like, oh my God, chic, where is this? And it's like actually in Sudson Yards. The most, I don't like. And she lives in what, Brooklyn Heights? Yeah. So it's so like that, she's on. Like, think about that train route. I was literally going to say, so she's taking the 7 to the F? No, I think she's taking the 7 to Times Square and transferring to the A, a. and going down. And she's taking that's it to High brutal. Street. That's or brutal. she's taking, I would hope that's what she's doing, because the other option would be that she would take the 7 to Times Square and get to the 2-3 and take it to, like... If it's 7 to, like, Bryant Park and then F, that seems less bad to me, but... But F, F doesn't F go to, to Brooklyn Heights. What am I thinking of, then? F goes to, like, Dumbo. I'm thinking, like, York Street. Oh, yeah, I guess that's Dumbo. That's Dumbo. Which is... Whew. Here's the thing. If Che had cared about Miranda and factored her Why in... Why is she living She would live in, in Dumbo. Yards. Because yes. Dumbo Dumbo's is the, the Hudson Yards. Exactly. Dumbo is the exactly. Hudson Yards of Brooklyn. And they're both, say it with me, I've said this to you before, <laughs> a wee work. <laughs> <laughs> Dumbo's a wee work. Hudson Yards is a wee work. Thousand percent. Thousand percent. Oh my God, that's so funny. It's uh, the bleakest... Like, when they were even getting the Ikea ship for the apartment. Also hilarious. Their husband being... Is that Kate Hudson's brother? Oliver Hudson. I meant to confirm this. Yeah, that's I knew it was. I followed him on Instagram for entirely too long, just being like fascinated so by him. He's so hot, so mediocre. I'm obsessed. <laughs> like I, it's just truly like stumble your way into glory in a perfect way. He's so hot. Um, I love that character. I love that character. I loved. It was a joy. I love Jay not telling Miranda that they were married. As a yeah, I think perfect that, like, character. I think it's like, I think twist. that it's been interesting this season to really become, it's like, I think that we can, I think such a struggle that everyone had on season one was, is the show presenting Che as a unanimously good character that we're supposed to buy into and like, or are no. they aware? And I think this I season think has really finally aware. proven that because yes. like, Che not telling Miranda she's married, or they're married. Yes. Che being mad at Miranda for bailing when Miranda's son is having a mental health crisis. Like, there are these certain moments where it's like, oh, I think the gen pop of audience is going to all definitively say, Che is in the wrong. Yes. And that is, like, I think a really interesting place to get to, where it's like, and this is where the narration would be telling the audience, this is what the show thinks of this action. Yeah. And that's where what I think is interesting is, like, that's actually something that you have to then... And I think sometimes when you have to write that into the scenes, those moments are what feel like really ham-fisted and fake, where you have to then explicitly tell the audience. But 
you, the audience that's coming to ingest like that is used to being handed Handed. narration. Well, and I think that's what he means when he says this is about confusion and coming up with confusion or whatever. And maybe it's exciting for Michael Patrick King, who was used to this whole spelling it out. Maybe that's like his fun challenge. Because I think, you know, in the Che Passa situation, there would be a narration where Carrie says, well, Che this turns out to Che Passa that. You know what I mean? And then we know they're in on the gag. I, that is so funny. That's exactly what it is, Jake. It's are they in through, on the gag or you not? You and I should take every episode of Sex and of Evan just like that and write what the Carrie narration would be. Oh and my then god, record it. that's my dream writing assignment. To be honest with you, that would be heaven. Because, like, to me, that was such an art. Every well, single voiceover. Here's the thing. It will. I will say conversely. And just like that, big died. Is the it's best one of the greatest. It's the best narration of all time, and I do love the final narration of every episode. There was one that really disappointed too. me this season, and I was like, I liked, and just like that, I got COVID. That was one of the best so ones. Good. The one that following episode, I remember my roommate and I were like, "Great episode," and just like that was really disappointing. It was the one with it was the whatever the Candace Bergen one was, whatever she said at the end of that one. I was like, oh, when the, she's that whole storyline was pretty interesting to me. Because I'm always love wanting... the episode. I just the just like that yeah. wasn't good. I don't remember what it was. It was like, it was like a weird joke that wasn't like as like. Was it on... something about age or something? Maybe I don't remember. But I feel like I'm always wanting them to talk about class and money, and they finally did acknowledge that like Carrie got a fucking payout. She's rich. I wish there was a little more. Like for example, when she comes in with the shoes, shoes that I could finally afford. You know what I mean? Or something like that. Yeah. Also, clocking the... I never know how to say Loe, whatever. Loe Vain. Loe Vain. Um, the red balloon shoes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Come on. Like, that's what... And I think it's been widely talked about already. We don't have to. But, like, the nuggets for the fans. But here's... We talked about this briefly via text while I was fucked up at Glastonbury. It was... It's so disappointing sometimes, and I think it's just they don't have the space for it in the episodes with so many storylines. It's almost like they see, they give you the moment that you're waiting for, and then it's two seconds long. The wedding dress. We see her walk down the street for five seconds. Nothing. We see Naya's going to hook up with a guy. We don't see the guy. We see her talk about it after. I almost hope that there's, like, a big reveal as to what's going on with Naya, because we just keep on seeing her meet these hot guys, and I'm like, I need to see her, like... What's happening when she talks to them? Because yeah. ha- we haven't been shown that at all. And Especially I... now we just found out she's not been single almost ever. So I know. that's They've really placed everyone in cool, unique situations. Like, I really do love that Seema has, like, never been married, never, like, long-term relationship. I think that's so cool. The penis pump shit was so Oh, funny. my God. And I have to say. That, they're giving her the classic Samantha. Sex and City storylines. And I don't even want to say Samantha. It's classic Sex and the City. Well, what, like, yes, it's classic Sex and the City. And I just want to But they are asking her to play Samantha sometimes. They are. But I want to let this plane fly over because I want this to start loud and clear. Yeah, sorry. We are in Jake's fucking, like, like what's Positano uh, <laughs> We're in my backyard in Brooklyn. Space. It's crazy. You're hearing the sounds of New York, which is part if of the If anyone saw my apartment in your apartment, they would be like, what are you doing, Alyssa? So what the fuck are you doing? I want to shout out Sarita Chowdhury because I think she is doing an unbelievable job of being handed the parts of the show yep. where she could be accused of being the knockoff Samantha yep. and making Seema her own character yes. who is 
incredibly entertaining to watch yeah. who's handling those situations yeah. and I'm engaged and I'm not like knockoff Samantha which I think totally. like it would be such a low hanging insult but it's not warranted because she is fully playing She's her own her character own. who's so funny yeah yeah, she does a really good job. Her Some line delivery, I'm like, not that. But I would say 90%. Her finding the was so that funny. That was really funny. That was really funny. And I don't know. I think that, like, it is the tallest order of the show for the newest character. She was handed one of the hardest. She was handed one of the hardest um, assignments, 100%. 1,000%. Well, should we talk about our experiences? Our experiences? Yeah, well, you go first because you filmed first. Okay. So... I did an episode last season through a friend who worked for the casting network, which just kind of, well, first she approached me. She was like, there's a role for Charlotte's mom friend. I'm pushing your name through blah, blah, blah. And I was like, thank you. She's like, I found out they already casted it. I was like, fuck. Okay. Devastating. She's like, I can definitely get you background. And I was like, I would kill myself, but I, I just have to be a part of it. I have to be, and I have to see them filming. So of course I did it. You can see me twisting around like the exorcist trying to get my face on camera. <laughs> they, it's fully Lucy, Lucy on the bench. Yeah. It is very that. So this season, they texted me. I was like, okay, um, you know, what's the role? What's the dates? Whatever. I think the dates didn't make sense. And it was for a widow's convention. I was like, maybe let me not play a widow. Like, am I that fucking old? Like, come on. That's like, I was crazy. like, I don't like the sound of that. There was one other time and I couldn't make the date at all. Then they literally reached out like, we really think you'd be great for this. And I was like, is it, is there a line? And they were like, no, it's a party scene. It'll be really fun. It's outside at Prospect Park. And I was like, why are they like so insistent? And they followed up. Followed up and I was like, I got paranoid because I was like, do they know about that Gawker article? Did they see my name where I was like, isn't there, or why isn't anyone fun anymore? And they were like, we have a party scene, put that girl, you know what I mean? It's obviously not, but I was just getting so paranoid because they were reaching out. So I was like, all right, it was freezing. Um, and I think they had a lot of people bailing. So they were like, are you sure you're coming? I was like, I actually had to do the bus tour. I had said I'd fill in for this girl and they like, we're like, you have to do it. It's a full boss. And I was like, all right, well, I got to do that first. So I show up late. They don't give a shit. It's fine. Getting costume. It's Halloween costume. So there were some, like, crazy costumes, as you see in the episode. I'm dressed as a fucking cat. Wait around, whatever. We go to film. It's nighttime. It's so cold. All of a sudden, Michael Patrick King comes out. This is before we had seen him speak. So I'm gagged to my core. Like, the last time he was not there. And I think it truly, as we saw, it makes a difference when he directs. He brings out a megaphone and he goes, this is classic sex in the city. You're cold on set, but you're going to look hot on camera. And we're all like, okay. And he goes, welcome him. to the legacy. And everyone's like, yeah. I love him so I much. I love him so much. So when I tell you the vibe shifted, like you could not imagine, it was palpable. They all come out. Sarah Jessica is playing music on her phone so we can like kind of dance around in between takes. We're not even at the dance floor scene yet. We're at the them talking at the table part. They are goofing around. They're having so much fun. We finished that. Kristen Davis, chatty Kathy with all of us. I don't remember what we talked about, but I had one-on-one -on -one conversations with her. We get to the dance floor scene. You just placed yourself wherever. Maybe they moved me. Maybe they didn't. But they put the girls right in front of me. I was like, oh, dear God. They put on the same song they used, Super Freak, like five times. And I left my body. I am not joking. It was toot toot, beep beep. 
Staten Island. Like, they were getting it. Like, there were some even better takes, I'm sure, than what they used. Like, they were down. Like, Sarah Jessica, like, squatting down, dancing. Like, it was crazy. Making eye contact with me, it was nuts. So I was kind of nervous that I was going to be on camera because I was like, I could be doing something very embarrassing with my face because I was so living every take. So ultimately it was the least embarrassing that it could have been while still being, you know, embarrassing that you're doing background work. But it was truly one of the, I was flying for days off of it. It was just truly magical. Those girls really just are professionals and Harry in the wig. Like I was like, I don't know what this wig is. I thought that was a funny touch that like, that was probably some like the one of the older writers. Funny. Yeah. Like I'm sure that did like happen, but you know, I was making eyes at him. I was like, no matter what you're like, I'm hot for Harry, no matter what. It was just, it was a gorgeous experience. And for me to be freezing my tits off, dancing and doing this bullshit for hours and having the time of my life, that really takes a lot. It was just the best vibe ever. So my experience was my friend Jess Henderson, incredible writer, incredible, yes. incredible comedian, worked in the season two writer's room as a consultant for the writers. and Who I think Michael Patrick King kind of referenced in the talk. Remember yes, he said? yes, 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 yes. And I think that's probably Jess. They basically like ended up writing a role for Jess, and they were like, and then basically, Did you have any queer friends? Basically, <laughs> in the last, in the super last minute, they decided to add a scene with Jess in episode five, and they were so Michael, I guess, texted Jess and was like, "Hey, we're doing a scene with you, and you're going to be with your friends in Che's apartment, hanging out." And Jess, being the fucking Angel, like getting absolute, like light. Responded being, she's so great. Can I cast my friends? And Michael said yes. So then I get a text that says, "Do you want to play my friend on Sex in the City?" Or on Ah! just like that. And I was like, "Wait, what?" They're like, "You're." It's like background. You want to have lines, but you'll be playing my friend. I was like, "Yeah, of course, I want to go." So I get then I wait. Can I tell the story really quick about you going for the COVID test? Wait, I forgot. Oh my god! So you text me and you go, "Oh my god, I didn't bring my social security card. I already left." I was like. I don't even think they looked at my driver's license. I was like, and I think that is in the instructions or whatever, but like, I it went It says to, like, you will not be allowed in. In, yeah. yes. I, and what is it called? Fucking Silver Cup. It's Silver in like Cup. the Ascent of Queens. Ascent yeah. of Queens and also the most iconic energy you will ever feel in your life. You walk in and History's you're just like- History's made there. History, like Sopranos, Sex and City, Cosmo, like everything filmed there. So you can just like feel that in the air. So I was like, okay, they might be tight on restrictions, but for me, it was not that. And I, you know, I don't know where my social security card is. Oh, I mean, I jumped off the train, ran back home, got my passport, was like most, the most stressed I've ever been in my life, got there, took the COVID test. It was all fine. Yeah. But I thought it was So basically I get there and we dress, whatever. It was like super fine. I find out at some point that my episode is directed by Cynthia Nixon. Uh-huh. And I was like, well, that's, I was like, oh, this is God. like heaven. Like, yeah. this is just so fun. Yeah. And the thing is, like, it's like, it doesn't even feel like, it doesn't even feel like, it's like, we don't have lines. Like, I don't feel like I was like an actor on Sex and the City. Right. I feel like I got to go behind the scenes and that's show how me I on thought. camera. Exactly. Like, it's like, I'm not like, I was on and just like that. Like, that's truly not how well, I feel. And it's I like, almost didn't even post about it because it's like. I only reposted someone. Of course. And I would never, and like, it's like, and I did not And thank you for posting me because you know I wasn't going to be like, here I am, my big moment. Well, like, like, no, who no, can you'll miss like, me? I did an audition. It's not like I got there because exactly. of my acting skills. It's like, I'm not really, act- I mean, I guess you, I'm not like really acting on camera. Like, I was like, this, I got to go on, I was like, I got to go on set and just like see everything and that's why I did it so it's the experience I get to go on set so they bring us on set and it's the sound stage with all of the apartments 
Oh so my god, Shay's I didn't know that. Yeah, so it's Carrie's oh apartment, Shay's apartment, Miranda's apartment. Like you can see them all lined up. And so we had to sit Ooh. there. It's like obviously they also like had to move the schedule around so like we were there for longer than we were supposed to be. You're um, like, yeah, every minute. Thank you. I'll take it. I'll take it. I'm fine. Happy. Then they're like, okay, we're going to set. We walk in. It's like Che's apartment. And it was funny because initially, like, so then when we walk on, the first thing is Cynthia Nixon comes up and like introduce oh like well, or, um, introduces herself and says like thank you for being here and I'm like I'm like damn she is going casual as fuck like she is in like a little t-shirt sweatpants no bra it does not occur to me this is her out this is her costume as Miranda oh my god she's just filmed the scene where she she's it's in the, the bed scene, she's in the bed so she's wearing that outfit so at first I'm like damn she went I was like I love it like she doesn't she like, give a fuck she's chill as fuck and then I was like I was like it didn't occur to me because then so we blocked the scene before lunch, and then we went to lunch, and when we came back, she was in a different outfit, which was her costume for when her and Carrie are shopping for the beds. That, like, that like yes. turtleneck sweater. Yes. So when I came back to set after lunch, I was like, oh, it's fucking the, like... She's in the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's the costume, because she is also an actress in the show. Oh, Sarah, my God. Sarah hilarious. Ramirez was so, so kind they came to just had a show that i was on the next night that sarah came to no yeah, you did sarah not came tell me that saw, i'll do stand up the next night was super nice like it was really they were probably like wow wish i saw this before like, shows. <laughs> they were like so nice like they were so fun they ask everyone they where were, was the show union hall union hall they but like Incredible. the set was like it was just really fun it was just cool because it was like so small there's so many people michael patrick king was also there like being showrunner like they were just giving notes. I mean, we did, like, four takes. It was, like, a really easy scene. It was, like, all we had to do was, like, react to the, the camera, or react to the TV, and they moved the camera around us, and, like, that was it. But the moment that I'll cherish forever was they originally blocked it where I was supposed to be. So it was, like, someone I didn't know, me, Kendall sitting behind me on the top of the couch, Che, Jess, and then Lily and Sabelle were, like, next to them. Uh-huh. And originally I was supposed to do something else. I was supposed to be talking to Kendall, and then they were like, they like did a take, and then they were like, they were like, wait, like it, the activity looks a little off. And then they were like, okay, Jake, we're gonna have you hit the bong. And <laughs> it was, I was like, I was like, this is, if the only thing I get to do on this show ever is hit Che's bong, bong on Che's couch, yeah. I think that's enough for me. Yes. Like, uh... Do I want to come back and play someone? Yes, and I will come back and play anyone on and just like that. In a... To be clear, we will play anyone. Anyone. I will play anyone Heroin on Heroin addicts. Like yeah, I will play. <laughs> Literally anything. I will do anything on Just Like That. But to hit the bong, I was like, this is one of the greatest. And they ask everyone what you want to smoke, like, before you do a take. So, like, do you want CBD? Do you want Oh, my weed? God. So, like, there, because there's different joints. There's a person who's handling all the smoke. So, there's someone who has, like, jars of CBD weed, all of the pre-roll joints, different that levels of smoke. That is fascinating. Like, that's all. There's someone whose whole job, like, there's a props person whose whole job is all the smoke you could that's incredible because we had drinks and they were disgusting and everyone was like well obviously i'm not gonna drink this disgusting juice not their fault not their fault we're just there for days and we're just right, like, it's like hot juice. At it. yeah, yeah exactly yeah. okay i'm obsessed with that what did you pick cbd cool well someone else said it was already packed with cbd and i was like yeah it's fine so um there's some weird fact about carrie's cigarettes where it's something similar yeah she can't there was an herbal substance yeah, yeah. yeah um so then we did I think we did like five takes and then that was it and Cynthia Nixon was like so nice and it was like the most fun and then we went home we're very lucky we're very to lucky to have experienced it was that. like the ultimate it felt like the ultimate fan backstage experience that's like exactly. exactly what it felt like and you know what 
I would take that and maybe needed to maybe more of that before I would really be ready to show up and deliver a lot. Can you imagine? Like there's so many bit parts in Sex and the City and in Just Like That where everyone like eats. Like I thought that old lady walking up the stairs at the at Enid's event. Oh my God. Yes. Absolute yes, yes, yes. scene stealer. You know, there's so many good parts like that. You have to be just show up so confident. Like and Seema um, God, I'm blanking on her name. You know, Sweet she, she talked about when she first showed up to set. Imagine you've watched the show your entire adult life, and yeah. all of a sudden you're on it. Like, wow, really? You know, high could pressure. be intimidating. High, high pressure. pressure. And yeah, I think our experiences. It's just uh, really cool, really sweet. It was really like nice. a lucky, weird little thing. It yeah. was so fun. And for us to be in the same episode is absolutely bonkers. A treat. And you know what? Like, I thought. It's just also insane how much effort goes into television because, like, so we filmed first. Like, there was that park walking scene, which they asked me. They're like, "Can well, you get there any so earlier?" Well, that's so crazy to think about. Is that we were in the same episode, which we never thought we would have been in because we, we filmed no four months, months, months apart. apart. And then we they filmed four, four months, months apart. You filmed in November. Yes, I think I filmed in February. Because if was, not, it was January. I so knew three months. It was, that's still crazy. I know it was definitely past Halloween. I don't think it was December. I think it was like getting close to December because it was so cold. But it wasn't snowing or anything. Like it was like it's still like fall technically. But it took it took the whole day. They wanted me there for the walking in the park scene where there's that hot dog guy. Like I was with him a lot. But it was a full like how much they film for each small moment like the the part with uh, Mario Cantone dancing with uh, LTW that took I was like oh this is going to be a major part of the scene no it's two minutes two seconds two seconds yeah yeah even that dance scene we danced for so long it's just like it's really incredible how a high budget show functions yeah and it's so funny, your SAG uh, note. Oh my God, the best thing in the world. I get an email. <laughs> on the day too, SAG goes I get home from set and I get an email. I get it the day I get home. Or I get home. It was like the same day. I get an email. It's like your rate has been bumped up $14. Incredible. Um, for smoking on camera. God bless SAG. God bless SAG. And like, God bless that this came out before the writer's strike. Because that would have been really sad. And like, I'm just like, it feels so bleak that if this goes on, you know into the holidays or whatever like we are going to be starved for good television it's so brutal i just want to talk for one sec about the new yorker article because i think it's so wild and i have all of these facts that i was given by the tour that i've kind of like accepted as fact but also always questioned because i'm like fact check this you know whatever and of course they won't so there was always like and this is true that matthew broderick encouraged sarah jessica parker to do the show but in the article, Matthew read it, and he goes, I think you might get too famous if you do this, which I think is tea, because they both identified, even after Ferris Bueller and whatever, they were in this kind of small crew. There was one, like Gina Gershon is in it. It was like something angels or something devils. It was like a small, like New York theater, young actors, like crew that Sarah Jessica, Par- her oldest brother, Pippin, uh, was in. Can you believe she has a brother named Pippin? Like, that's what kind of family she comes up. It's amazing. Pippin Parker? Pippin Parker. That's amazing. So, yeah, they meet, whatever, and they're, she's like, I'm gonna live a kind of quiet, working actor life, where maybe I do a movie, I do a couple plays, whatever. Like, she was so hesitant to even take on, like, the TV lifestyle, because she was like, everyone hates you when you're on TV. Everyone judges you. Everyone's whatever. It's just like, I don't know. And they just talk about, like, her buoyancy 
which I think that like nobody really pictures Carrie that way, but she is a bouncy character. Like John Corbett has a quote where it's like, she is in like a Bob Fosse show constantly, like her efforts. And there is this moment, Ariel Levy, who, if you haven't read uh, her book or at least Thanksgiving in Mongolia, which is an intense read, I will warn you, but look it up. She profiled um, fucking Julia Louise Dreyfus about um, Seinfeld and everything. And she said that Elaine's character, like, moment is the shove. She's always, like, shoving into everyone. And she said Carrie Bradshaw, or the person who wrote the article, is the trip. Which I was kind of like, On the runway? No, just in general, her tripping. Which then I was like, at first I was kind of like, whatever. Like, I think more it's, like, the walk or whatever. But then I was like, actually, the opening, when she meets Big... The runway, like you just said, like the cabin scene, like she has the mic, she falls in the Dior store, like this, she is a clumsy, girl. imperfect girl. And I just thought that was really interesting because I don't think that's the first thing that I think of. No, that's so interesting. I know it's insane. Do you have any predictions for the season? I have it. I, in talking just now, I've come to wonder if they're being intentional with the not showing Naya thing, and if there's yeah. going to be a big moment with that later of, like, what's right. happening with these guys. Like, is she flubbing them all, or, like, whatever. Um, so, I wonder about that. I think... I do wonder, like, I feel like... And, like, let's caveat this, because we said that we know someone in the writer's room and we both right. were, like, on set. <laughs> yeah. We don't have... We I don't genuinely know. don't have spoilers. We don't know. I genuinely don't have any spoilers. Like, at all. Truly, we know nothing. Yeah. It's not like we were given scripts we didn't have lines. <laughs> we saw nothing. No the, signs. I would wonder if... I. It does feel to me like they are moving towards Miranda and Shay breaking up. I agree. It I was going to ask you that. like... It feels like it's winding down yeah and that's interesting to me I think that the fact that we've gotten through episode 5 with no Aiden means that one of two things the Aiden thing is going to be a short blip where we get like two episodes and it's a reminder of why they don't work but it's nice to see him right or it comes in at the end and it's like Like they did with the podcast producer and season 3 is going to be like she's with Aiden I think she'll reach out to Aiden at the end of this next episode, and we'll see him you two think, episodes well, from now. No, because they showed in a trailer, like, a moment of her, like, turning and being surprised he's there. So I don't know I that, thought they showed an email. Oh, maybe? I thought she emails, like, a hey stranger type oh, of email. So okay. I think based on this week's trailer, when they're, like, talking about Aiden, like, she Googles him or whatever, I think she'll probably reach out in this one. Who knows? Who knows? But I agree. And I think they have to be very careful because everyone's so excited. That's why, I mean, this is a, the most difficult show to make simply because the fan base is so, so charged, invested. So charged. Yeah. And you're, like, writing... It's like playing Sims with, like, people's real-life friends almost. Yeah. It's really hard. Totally. Really um, hard. And I think the Che thing is really something because if they do break up, the immediate question is, do they get back together with Steve? And is this just another blip 
in the Stephen Miranda that a, story. No, I like, think that I think that Miranda is fully queer now. Okay, cool. I hope that they stay that way. I am sure. And that I don't they will, think they went through so much effort to show that it's not. They didn't make it like Miranda thought she was in love with Steve and then Che came along. It's like Miranda was unhappy with Steve right. and then Che came along. But that's yeah, that's true. That's true. So I don't think that they would be like, oh, now she's back with Steve. Like I don't think that's what would happen. I don't think so either. But you never know. But I think also it benefits them. As a weird take that I didn't expect, I've been enjoying like the mothering aspects of the show. Like Charlotte with Rock, the photo shoot. I thought that was kind of fun. Not that it's my favorite part by any means, but like Miranda really showing up for Brady. I loved I loved Charlotte on set with Rock and that whole bit. Harry showing up in the yeah, costume. Yeah, that I was, was like, this is like an SNL. Just sketch. like a little like, gaggy. It was like Well, here's <laughs> I was thinking about this. There's a few things that I think make this universe function well. I at Glastonbury, I just I was thinking I was like, Carrie needs a secret. When Carrie has, like, a secret, even if she's just, like, writing she's a story. She's cheating on someone. She's cheating she's... on someone. Even when she was pretending to have COVID. Like, it raises the stakes in such a fun way. And Sarah Jessica Parker is so good at, like, hiding things and, like, thinking yes. that it makes, like, this That's underlying fun energy. That's really fun. And then I think that, like... Wait, what was my main point? What was I just saying? I was talking about Harry on set. Oh, that they should have more fun. I think, like, the next frontier for them will be actual camp. Full camp, like they used to for Sex and the City. Like... Samantha running in the Pearl Thong in New Jersey when it, they're just like a long, maybe like 40 second, almost a minute funny thing that's going on. I don't know if they feel capable of that yet, but I think that'll be the next frontier. And that's what they were attempting with Harry in the costume. It didn't land necessarily, but I think that's what they're moving towards. And I do like that. No, I like that. I agree. Like, what was it? I was thinking, like, there's that Miranda picking up trash in L.A. like With the craft. <laughs> with the, yeah. And, like, that was all very fun. But, like, what song did they use? I remember being, like, put on, like, California Love. Like, let's just do, like, huge contrast. Like, yeah. so much of Sex and the City was, like, making fun of these girls to their faces. And they're, co- like, confident enough to totally. make the bit work. And I think they're getting back to that place, but it's like they're still a little, they're dipping their toe into having fun with it and like great to see. But I think like next season it'll be like we're back to like full force camp funny. I'm excited. Yeah, me I've, too. I've been having a great time. And it's, what am I going to do? Not watch it? No, there's not a shot in hell. There's not a shot in hell. Not a shot in hell. Well, Jake, as, it's and just like that, you will never disappoint. I appreciate it so much. Um, Tell me about your new podcast. So Basic Training. Go listen. It's an advice podcast with me and my friend Talia Lickstein. Um, it's available wherever podcasts are available. It's very, very fun. The clips are so funny. Thank you. It looks absolutely hilarious. It's been a great time. It looks amazing. Follow Jake. Keep watching in just like that with an open heart. And, and an hopefully open mind. Melissa and I have speaking roles on season three. <laughs> please. <laughs> please. We are doing the work. We are dedicated. We are criticizing only out of love. And not even criticizing that hard. We're really enjoying it. Analyzing. Analyzing. Thank you, Daddy Michael Patrick King. Thank you, Michael Patrick King. We love you so much. We really love you so much. Start to finish. (laughs) Carrie, oh, one thing really quick. I really just wanted to talk about the every outfit when they talk about the first episode. When they talk about how all eight girls live in squalor. Uh, and Carrie's first apartment forget it listen to that too listen to everything that you can support the show 
<laughs> like I'm, I'm, I'm on it. I'm like, support our show. We work really hard, but like, actually do, actually do. All right, we love you. Love bye. You, bye.